Wizards are winning basketball games. The Wizards have won three out of four now. They just beat the Rockets in a really amazing game, 135-131 in overtime. James Harden went for 54-7-13. John Wall had 36-11. Bradley Beal had 32 when he played 50 minutes in this game. Uh, Eric Gordon had 36. Marquise Morris had 22-10 and 10 off the bench. I'm Fred Katz. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic, and I'm here with Kelly Eco, who also covers another team for The Athletic, covers the Rockets for The Athletic. Uh, what a game. Yeah, that was something. I feel like it was one of those games where somebody, both teams were kind of struggling a little bit. Someone had to win it. And for it to go down to the wire the way it did, I think it's good for the Wizards, obviously. Bad for Houston because they're coming off of a kind of a tough stretch. Um, all through on the road trip and heading down to the locker room, everyone was kind of hanging their heads a bit. You know, PJ Tucker was kind of mad, and it's like, where do they go from here? They kind of, I think, to me, I think they need a a, a mix up. You know, like a, a boost, something, because kind of down right now. You know? This is weird with Houston. So like. The Wizards, I feel like, especially because I'm in the Wizards bubble, the Wizards, <laughs> the Wizards have been in this, you know, the talk of the NBA is the disappointing team, right? Houston, meanwhile, was way better than the Wizards last year. I mean, literally won 50% more games than the Wizards did last year. The Wizards won 43, and the Rockets won 65, right? Yeah, 65. That's a 65-1 team, best record in the NBA, one win away from going to the finals, and realistically, one win away from probably winning yeah. the finals. Uh, they're down 9-10. They're 9-10. and 10. They're nine and ten. They're nine and, It doesn't even make sense. It's like you had all these expectations going into the year. You know, we saw the owner and Darryl Morey say we're deeper, we're better, but... 20 games in, you're not that good. Yeah. It's weird stuff. And I know there's been a lot made of Trevor Ariza gone and Lupa Amute gone. Obviously, those guys helped. And I think that they were better last year than they are this year. And I thought that going into the year because of those guys gone. But they didn't make the difference between 65 and 17 no. and 9 and 10. No. It's just, it's a weird, it's a really weird it's start. It's a weird vibe around the team. It's like, last year the locker room was always, like, so happy and guys were joking and, you know. And this year it's kind of, like, business-like. Like, they just come in, change, they get out. And it's like, I know that it's so, somewhat early in the season, but with the way the West is shaping out, you see, you have the Clippers and, and the Blazers and the, and the Pelicans, like, Teams you thought that would be at the bottom, they're at the top. And you're almost playing catch-up to the point where heading into the new year, if you're not in that top like one through three, you're kind of going to be there for the rest of the season. So. Yeah, teams are playing well. Memphis is playing well. Yeah. Let's talk Wizards for a bit. Yeah. Wizards played well. I mean, what was exciting about this game is not necessarily that it went into overtime. It wasn't necessarily that... These two teams combined for 266 <laughs> points. It's a lot of points. Although in the NBA in 2018, maybe it's not that it's, it's many points. Norm, yeah. yeah, it's like the Norman in overtime game. What was exciting is that, and Scott Brooks said it very simply, I thought very well. He said uh, you had a lot of high-level players playing high-level basketball. And like, yeah, James Harden went for 54 on 32 shots. 
Uh, Eric Gordon had 36 on 23 shots. John Wall had 36 on 23 shots. Bradley Beal had 32 on 18 shots. All those guys shot better than 50% from the field. Um, All those guys made their threes. All those guys shot better than 40% from three. Wall was two for five. Beal was four for eight. Harden was seven for 15. And Gordon was eight for 16. I mean, all those guys played well. And I didn't think that the Wizards did a particularly bad job on Harden defensively. I think it was just one of those nights where he was just ridiculous. Um, And the defense actually got better, I thought, on him throughout the game. Specifically, Harden had 40-something, 45 through three quarters, 44 through three quarters. Yeah. And he has, ten, I think it was 10 points. Yeah, so he had 45, 44 through three quarters. In the last quarter in overtime, so the last 17 minutes of the game, he goes like three for 10, three for nine from the field, and he only has 10 points. What's the difference there? I think the difference down the stretch, they forced, they were, they were more physical. I think they know he was kind of tired. They saw his legs. Um, because before the game, D'Antoni said he wanted to play Harden for 33 minutes tonight. That was it. He had a cap. And once the game was going on, you knew that he had to come and play almost the whole fourth quarter for them to have a chance to win the game. Because you saw early in the first, whenever they were rolling, he sat down. The lead went from like 17 to 6. So once they see that in the fourth quarter, they're being physical, he's getting tired, they're making him commit so many turnovers down the stretch. Now you're in a position where you can win the game. And shout out to Keith. He, he had a great game today, Marquise Morris, and I think that was one of the big differences. Like, one team had Marquise, one team didn't. Yeah, which is crazy because he hasn't been good this year. He's been pretty good. You're really getting the sounds of the arena right now <laughs> and the people screaming. Uh, he was really good tonight. Another guy with just, like, a, a really good line. Wizards shot 57% from the field tonight. Uh, Marquise Morris was 8 for 12. He had 10 boards. He had 22 points. He was a game high plus 21 in this game. Uh, he was he was really good for them off the bench. That's a couple of games where he's been good since they put uh, Kelly Oubre into the starting lineup for him. And I joked, to, I sit next to Chase Hughes from NBC Sports, who's been on this podcast a couple times. I joked to Chase Hughes during the game, like, Markeith Morris is kind of playing too well to go back into the starting lineup now. Like, you make the change, and now they've won three out of four. And not only have they won three out of four, but Keith, who had been really totally off his game for pretty much the entire year, except for one game in Portland where he went off from three, he's been good off the bench. He was good last game in a win, and he's been good in this one. And meanwhile, this stretch where the Wizards should have been getting decimated considering the way that they played. They're in a stretch of seven straight games now against teams that were over 500. Well, I guess not Houston anymore because now Houston's a game below. But the wins have come against Houston. This three out of four, the wins have come against Houston, uh, the Clippers, and somebody else good. Who am I forgetting? Someone good. Oh, New Orleans. And uh, and the loss came at Toronto, which is the most understandable loss you can possibly have <laughs> in the NBA. And I didn't even think they played so badly in the Toronto game. It's just that they're not as good as Toronto, and they played in Toronto. It's like that's that's it. No one wins in Toronto. Yeah, like the Wizards. The Wizards have, like Scott Brooks said, high-level players. And looking at the box score, it's like these guys should be doing that on a more consistent basis. And it's, it's kind of troubling where almost seems like this season, at least, teams playing the Rockets so like kind of a remedy for, like, trends that aren't used, like, trends that you see throughout the season. They 
don't happen in that game. Like you saw when the Cavs played the Rockets, Colin Sexton was looking like an all NBA player. And now, all, with all the talk of the Wizards drama and everything, the backcourt goes off and they look like a team that should be contending in the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, so one thing I'll say before, I've already done the interviews and I haven't written the piece yet, but this piece will be up by the time I post this podcast, so I can say it. Uh, I spoke to Markeith Morris after the game, and he was telling me a couple of games ago, you know, we talked to Markeith. It was after the Clippers game. They were down 24 to the Clippers, and it was the day that all this stuff comes out about that, you know, tumultuous yeah. practice that they had when things got volatile and people cursed people out and people insulted other people, and it was this, you know, huge, tempestuous practice that they had. And... Markeith, after that game, they come back from down 24, and it should be this big thing, and Markeith's, like, not happy at all. And it's not because he's coming off the bench. It's because he says things are effed up. He didn't say effed. He <laughs> thinks <laughs> things, are, things are messed up. This, is a PG this stuff shouldn't be getting out of the locker room. Yeah. And he wanted to find the leakers, and I spoke to him after the game because I, I figured it deserved a follow-up. Like, you said it was messed up. You guys have now won three out of four. You're playing with energy. You weren't playing with energy before. Like, did you say something? And he was like, yeah. He said after that Clippers game the next day, um, guys addressed the team about, like, if this stuff happens, it has to stay in the locker room. Like, stuff has to change. And then he said that they were really embarrassed. Uh, and I'm not saying the Wizards have turned a corner. And they're now, now the Wizards are a juggernaut. <laughs> but I believe that. Because they are playing harder. Like, they played hard tonight. Uh, they played hard in Toronto when they lost. They played hard against New Orleans. They played hard against the, the second half against the Clippers. Uh, they've, they've been playing hard. And if, if Marquise Morris believes it, when he has been a harsh critic of them the entire way through, who am I not to believe it? So I, uh, I buy it. I, I, I don't know if this is a change for the permanent, but at least for the last four games. It's been a thing, and it seems like it's coming in the right time. With all this drama and all this crap, the Wizards are one and a half games back at the eighth seed, and they're in the ninth seed in the East right now. Big difference between Houston being in the West and the Wizards being in the East. Yeah, big difference. I think for Houston, now they look ahead to Dallas, um, the play San Antonio. They have a, I was talking to Isaiah outside the locker room, and he said, for Dallas, they have to win that game because... I wouldn't call it desperate, but Mike D'Antoni has, has he, he uses his words very carefully, and today he described it as troubled waters, which I thought was kind of interesting. And considering that two games ago, they were coming off a five-game winning streak, and all was good in Rockets land. And it's like, where do you go from here? How do you take that next step? Obviously, Chris Paul not being there is a big factor. And you, I think they've played three games together with the whole team. But every NBA team has injuries. And for a team like the Rockets, who were so close to winning a championship or getting to the championship, you shouldn't go on three in a road trip. You shouldn't have lost to Cleveland. You could have beat – well, the Pistons game was kind of iffy because Blake was nebulous from three. But – the team is just weird. It's, it's hard to get a read on them 20 games in. And typically 20 games in, you kind of have a read on what your team is. And I don't know what they are, really. You know what's weird? 
which is which can be said certainly about both these teams, is that yeah, the Rockets added Chris Paul last year. They shook things up and they've had some changes. I talked about Ariza. For the most part, you got a lot of guys who know each other. You got Harden, you got Capella, you got Eric Gordon, you got Dan Tony. Like the core group of guys, it's not like it's first or second year together. They know each other. They're familiar with each other. They've had success together. They've had down periods together, too. Um, the Wizards. I mean, John Wall, Kelly Oubre, Bradley Beal, Scott Brooks, Otto Porter, Markeith Morris. All those guys have been together at least three, sometimes as long as seven. Like, this group knows each other. And, uh, you know, I was talking to a player the other day, uh, and... I was just talking to him about the possibility of teams going stale. And he said that he was on a team that went stale once. Uh, so he fully believes it, and he's seen it up close, that a core can go stale. And I'm not implying that the Rockets' core has gone stale. I fully believe that they're just they're in a down period, and the defense is not as good as it was last year, and the West is really good. And more so, the West is just crazy deep, like – what is Utah 14th in the West now or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and so the West is crazy deep, and they're just victims of a really deep conference and them not playing well. But with the Wizards, at least, like, a lot of people think a, a court can go stale. And I think it's interesting seeing how a team that has so much continuity can struggle for different reasons and yeah. different ways and all that kind of stuff. And, and we've seen it with both these teams. It's weird. It's really weird. And, and more so last year, Houston was lauded for their depth. But now, when you see an injury, like Chris Paul is out, Gerald Green is out, the guys off the bench combined for, what was it, nine points. And one of those guys just got signed today, Daniel House. So you're left with Gary Clark, House, Marquise Chris. Hardside didn't score. So it's like, do you need to check? Do you need to make some kind of change, like bring somebody in? I, I think, I think they do. I think just for the sake of putting guys on their toes again, you know. I think part of it is complacency because they're a veteran team. They've they've been so far in the Western Conference Finals, and part of them, do you want to go through the drags of a regular season again just to get to the point? Like you know, I think it just comes with veteran teams and. The Wizards, on the other hand, are trending upwards now. So, Bradley Beal, by the way, Bradley Beal played 45 minutes on Saturday, and that was the second half of a back-to-back. And today he played 50, 50. 50 minutes. I, I need to go on Basketball Reference and see the last time. <laughs> a player played that many minutes in a stretch. Yeah, I mean, it's got to just be like an, over, you know, an overtime mm-hmm. game or something. But 95 minutes in two games? Yeah. Also, like, that first game was the second half of a back-to-back. Yeah. And I... Scott Brooks does this thing with rotations. Scott Brooks is a very, he's almost like a politician. He's very charming. And he'll give you the answer that you want to hear. But he does this thing when you ask him about rotations. Like, yeah, he's got a blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, Scott, you're the one doing this. Like, you can, you can change it if you believe that. So I asked Scott, I was like, I, I, I just prefaced the question. I was like, Brad played 50 minutes. He, you know, even without the overtime, he would have played 45. He played 45, second half of back-to-back. On Saturday, and I'm about to ask him a question of just like, is there a 
an effort to get those back going forward or whatever. And he just he just interrupts. He's like, yeah, he's he's played too many minutes. It's it it's it's a real thing. He's played too he's played too many minutes. He's got a deserved off day tomorrow. They're not practicing tomorrow. But he's played too many minutes. It's like yeah, that, you're playing them too many minutes. What do you mean? He's, you're the one, and, and, and Brooks is credit, like he says, during timeouts, he's handling Brad differently than he's handling other players. Other players, you know, guys will stew around or they'll stay in the huddle or whatever. He's literally telling Brad, sit down during timeout. Literally get as much possible rest as you can because you are playing an obscene amount of minutes. But it's crazy. Like, it's crazy in 2018 that Bradley Beal is playing. I told Brad after the game, I ran on the treadmill 25 minutes the other day, and I decided I was going to take a week off. <laughs> and and also to your point about that, Mike D'Antoni also acknowledged that he's playing his guys too many minutes, but with so many injuries, they kind of actually have to. And he's one of the coaches that's more known to run guys into the ground, you know? So it's it's funny hearing him say it. Like to you, what you said, you're the one that's playing Harden 48 minutes tonight, 44 the other night, 39 the other night, four. So it's like at some point you have to just take a step back. And it's 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 a marathon, you know, like the regular season. So do you want to burn guys? Yeah, you want to win games now, but at what cost? Do you want to burn them to the ground trying to get a win in Indiana or, or an overtime game in Washington? Or do you want to look towards the future? Yeah, one more thing before we go. Um, John Wall's best game of the season. Probably should have led with this. It's a Wizards podcast. Probably should have talked about the highest paid player on the team. <laughs> his best game of the season. Uh, he was. I thought he was great tonight. I thought he was awesome. He had 36. He had 11 assists. He was finding guys. Yeah, he had six turnovers, but they were fine. Like, he handled the ball so much. Um, none of the... A couple of them were bad, but I thought like four of the six were just kind of natural decision-making turnovers. He missed Otto in the corner a couple times because he just does that. But his jump shot was on. His decision-making was good. He was so, you know, I talked about the energy being different. I think it starts with him. Like, he was so energetic. The way he was... He had this unbelievable and one where he wraps his ball behind the back and absorbs contact and goes up. Oh, man, that was amazing. He blew by Harden once for a lefty dunk. He was getting to the rim. Like, he looked like 25-year-old John Wall. And I've spent the whole year saying John Wall doesn't look like himself. He doesn't have the explosion of himself. He looked like that tonight. Like, he looked looked great. I thought he played a great game. I think in the first quarter when the Rockets were rolling – I think Harden sizzled it to John, and he kind of woke up. And he also sizzled it to Bradley Beal. And I think the Wizards obviously go as those two go. And for John Wall, if you want your team to get back to where you think they should be, it does start with you. And we kind of saw him, like I said, the energy was, was right. So can they carry this on for, the, for like the next couple of games? Can they get back to 500? And I think this is a good start. So this is, this is one of those wins that can catapult you. Cool. Um, anything else before we go that you think is particularly wonderful to address? I'll tell you this. Jason Goebel, who refereed this game, mm-hmm. supposed to name J-A-C-Y-N. Whoa, hold on. J-A-C? J-A-C-Y-N is Jason Goebel. I've never heard that in my life. It kills me every time. Whenever I see it in print, they hand out the little sheets with the starting laps and the referees. <laughs> It, I always think his name is Jacqueline Goble. Every time. 
I've never seen Jason spelled like that in my life. And I think that's a good PSA to end it on. Uh, <laughs> Kelly, plug, uh, plug your work before we go. Yeah, um, well, shout out to my colleague, Mr. Fred. Doing great work. Uh, got a couple things in the works coming out. So subscribe to The Athletic and stay tuned. Yes, and uh, what, Twitter handle. Oh, my Twitter, oh yeah. Uh, Kelly Eco MBA, that's K-E-L-L-Y-I-K-O, and then MBA. And uh, Kelly wrote an awesome piece on, I, I think I have some holdovers here from when I used to cover the Thunder. Mm-hmm. So uh, Kelly wrote a great piece on Mellow recently. Yeah. And uh, Thunder fans care about Mellow. If Mellow plays for your team, people always care about Mellow yeah. after that. He's got this amazing, captivating holdover effect. Uh, so you should check that out. I think it's your pinned tweet, right? Yeah. Yeah, so check that out on Twitter or on The Athletic. And if you listen to this podcast, I imagine you might be a subscriber to The Athletic. <laughs> you can become a subscriber to The Athletic very easily. You sign up for only $5 a month, and uh, you can get some amazing content, not just from D.C., not just from Houston, but from literally every NBA team, MLB team, NFL, all that stuff. And you can get some great sports journalism there. Subscribe to Wizards After Dark, too. It'll cost yeah, you me. It'll cost you zero you can do that on iTunes. Damn straight, leave a five star <laughs> review. Leave, leave a leave like a like a nice review too. Yeah, nice go in nice there, review. go in there, type something, hey. say how much you're enjoying it. And I know I say it every episode, but that stuff really does help with the iTunes ratings. I don't know nice. how they do their system, but it, it <clears throat> props you up there, and yeah, it's great. Yeah, it really does. Also, uh, subscribe to Rockonomics too. This, uh, me and my man Stefan have a Rockets podcast, so. It's not, it's not as prestigious as Wizards After Dark, but it's, <laughs> it's a close second. There you go. You got your podcast talking. You got your athletic talking. I'll be back. They play New Orleans on Wednesday. I'm going to New Orleans tomorrow. Ooh, oh, yeah. Get your beignet. That's amazing. I'm getting beignets. I'm getting so much shellfish. It's going to be disgusting. <laughs> I Warning to all the listeners, on Wednesday night, I'm going to be in a ridiculous mood because... I'm going to be so sick. That's what I do. I do I do New Orleans the same way Spring Breakers do New Orleans, but instead of with alcohol, I do it with food, and it's legit disgusting. My, my game stories following games at the Pelicans are consistently horrible because I'm so <laughs> sick. They're just awful. They're just, they just get me out of here. But I will be back. I am going to podcast after the New Orleans game on Wednesday. I'm pretty sure I have a guest lined up after that. I'll be in New Orleans. After that is uh, at Philadelphia, which is going to wrap up this really tough stretch. And then they got a couple of ones, which, um, you know, we'll see if they should win them. But a couple of ones against teams that certainly good teams should beat. Um, but I'll be back on Wednesday. And uh, I'll talk to you guys whilst very sick then. Yeah.